today I want to talk to you about a new thing. So look at your neighbor and say, new thing. Preachers love to say, look at your neighbor and say random words. It's just what we do. That kind of comes with the job description. Uh, but we are really, really glad that each of you um, is with us today. My wife Kelly and I have the privilege of leading this church and being a small part of what God is doing in this city and in all of your lives. And we're so blessed that you're here. Um, New Year's is, is a time for a lot of us when there's this sense of reflection and you know, if you're like me, you kind of go into this like deep thought mode where you're looking back. Uh, when I go into deep thought mode, Kelly calls it Gandalf mode because I just like, I get into this deep introspection and I'm like pondering. And uh, I think about, you know, all the things that happened in 2022. I think about all the victories and the defeats, the ways that I've grown, the ways that I haven't grown. I think about the ways that this year was really hard and maybe discouraging and I think about the beautiful things that God did this year. And, and if you're like me, going into 2023 is exciting and also a little bit scary. Chances are that for some of you, 22 was the best year of your life. Chances are for others of you, it was the worst year of your life. For most of us, the reality is it was probably somewhere in between. There was probably some really good days and some really bad days, some beautiful moments and some hard moments. And as we look to 23, the thing is, I would love to stand up here and tell you everything that's going to happen. I'd love to give you a heads up on all those bad Mondays that are coming. I'd love to be able to warn you about the, the turns in the road, the, the things that are going to come out of left field. I'd love to tell you about all the great things that are going to happen in all these specific ways, but I can't do that. And when life is challenging, when life is hard, when we look at these new horizons, when we look out on this new thing that God wants to do, we don't know the specifics. That, that like Abraham, God invites us to follow him even though we don't know where we're going. We don't know what the future holds. We don't really know what this afternoon holds. And yet, I have good news for you today. You see, when, when we don't know what the future holds, when we live in uncertain times, when it seems like things are being shaken, when it seems like things are uncertain, I can tell you today with full confidence, with 100% security, that our God has never changed. And that even though we live in shaky times, we have an unshakable Christ. That in these times where things are like shifting sand and everything is up in the air and you don't know what's around the corner, we have the Holy Spirit with us at all times. We have Jesus Christ as the reigning Lord. We have a creator who is a loving father. And that means that no matter what happens in 23, everything is going to be okay in the end. So let's, can we start here as we, as we start January 1, 2023, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with our physical health. Many of us in some form or fashion, you're carrying some sort of physical burden. Your body's not quite right. 
Chances are there's areas in your relationships that are a little bit off. Maybe you're worried about your finances, things that they are not quite secure. Here's what I can tell you. There are three things that I want to tell you here, and there's three because I'm a preacher, and again, it's what we do. There's a lot that you don't know about this year. There's a lot that I don't know about this year, but I can give you three things that no matter what happens will never change and therefore give us reason to rejoice. You ready to hear these things? Say, I'm ready. All right, so number one, we get an opportunity in 2023 We get to give our Father glory. That's good, isn't it? You know, you only get each day once. And I know some of you are like, Joey, tell me you got something deeper than that, right? I didn't didn't stay up all night and wake up early to hear that I get, get one day. Here's the thing. January 1st, 2023, you only get one of it. January 2nd, you only get one of it, right? And and each day throughout the year, and if you look at this year as a whole, you only get one 2023. That each day is this absolutely unique gift from our Father. That if you have a heart that's beating in your chest, if you have breath that's in your lungs, that's a good day. And it's a day that is a gift from our God. And it's a day where you and I only get one of them, and we get the choice that whether or not we will give God the glory that he's due. And so each day, no matter what happens, no matter what comes, no matter what what trials or triumphs, no matter what beauty or sorrow, no matter what joy or pain, that no matter what happens, each day is this singular and unique opportunity to give God the glory that he's due. I can look back on 22 and I can look at moments or days when I chose not to give him the glory that he was due. Because of the stuff of life got in the way, I decided to turn my focus to other things. And yet, when we realize how how short life is, it changes your perspective. Here's what David said in the psalm, Psalm 90. 12. It says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. That there's wisdom in understanding time. There's wisdom in understanding how short time is. You know, and when you're, when you're little, you don't really appreciate it. You hear older people talk about the good old days and it's like, you're a dinosaur, we're in the future now, like it's time to move on. Then as you get older, you realize like, you tell stories about stuff that you thought was yesterday and it was like 10 years ago. And you realize like time is just this weird thing that it's like being on this rocket, like you're just on this plane. And, and, and technology is amazing that with an airplane, you can do in a couple of hours what somebody had to do in like some eight-month boat ride, right? Like it took them like a year on some boat to go across the Atlantic or Pacific And you and I on a plane, you look, you know, you watch a movie or two, and it's like, you just crossed an ocean. That's what time is like. But as you get older, it's like you're busy and you're doing stuff, and you look out the window, and it's like a decade just went by. And there's wisdom in understanding what time it is in your life. 
If you can answer the question, what time is it in your life, you will be a wise person. That if you understand that the shortness of time and the opportunity that we have to give God glory, you know, you only get every day once and you only get every season once. And I know maybe, maybe in 23, you're going to have the same job that you've had. You know, you're going to have some of the same people around you. You're going to drive the same car. But you see, you only get that set of circumstances one time. And it's in that opportunity that you and I get the privilege to give God glory in a set of circumstances that we will never have again. I remember in 2020, it still feels like 2020 in some weird way. I remember being a, a, a young campus pastor just a few years ago. Some of you were with Kelly and I at Rock of Grace. We planted a church in April of 2019. March of 2020, we didn't even get to our like one year yet. COVID happens, the world's falling apart, right? Everybody's at each other's throats. We're trying to figure out, do we shut down church? And, you know, all these pastors that are way smarter than me, you're all arguing with each other, right? And it's like, what is happening? And I remember thinking to myself, these are weird circumstances. And I also remember thinking, what a unique opportunity that I have to give God glory in this exact moment, and I'm never going to get this moment again. I'm never going to get this moment where I'm a new pastor and there's some crazy pandemic and politics are nuts and, and racial stuff is happening and people in the church are telling you what to do in all kinds of crazy ways and people are leaving and, and you don't know what to do. And I remember thinking, this is a moment that I have to give God glory in a set of circumstances that I will never have again. And the truth is, every day of your life is like that. That you and I have a choice in the pain to remember God and give him glory. You and I have a choice in the good days to remember God and give him glory. And I want to challenge you this year that if you make any kind of commitment, if you make any kind of resolution, if there's any sense in your heart of like, I want to do one thing this year, let it be that no matter what happens, you are going to give God the glory that he's due. That if everything falls apart this year, you're going to give him glory. That if you get a raise this year, you're going to give him glory. If your marriage survives this year and thrives this year, you're going to give him glory. If your spouse gets sick and ill this year, you're going to give him glory. That no matter what happens in your life, your God is seated on the throne, that he's worthy of all glory, he's worthy of all honor, he's worthy of all praise, and therefore right now, today, I'm going to give him glory. The January 2nd when I wake up, my God is going to be on the throne and I'm going to give him glory. In January 3rd when I lay my head on the pillow at night, my God is on the throne and I'm going to give him glory. And then every day is this, this unique once in a lifetime opportunity that you will never have again to give him glory. Let's give him glory. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 10, says there's an occasion for everything, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to give birth and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to avoid embracing. 
a time to search and a time to count as lost, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Ecclesiastes is this kind of strange book of the Bible, um, and if you've ever read it, uh, it's very off-putting in its own way, um, but in some strange way, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite books. And he, the preacher here, he talks about time, that there's, there's times for these things. And this year, there's at some point brought, probably going to be a time for each of these things in their own moment. And wisdom is knowing what time it is, right? So laughing is a good thing, right? Unless you're at a funeral, not a good time. Crying is a good thing, unless you're at your wedding, and they're not happy tears. That's bad, right? So a lot of what this talks about is that it's not that things are good or bad, it's that things are good or bad in time. And I want to challenge you here with this, and I, I have a couple other points, so i got to keep moving here. What I'm challenging you with here is not just do good things and don't do bad things. What I'm challenging you with here is when you know what time it is, you and I choosing the right things because it's in that moment that we decide whether or not we're going to give God glory. It's how we decide whether or not we're going to be the people God has called us to be. And so that makes this year a good year. Number two, we get to follow our King, Jesus. That's a good thing. You see, this is something that no matter what happens this year, no matter what, what trials or triumphs, no matter what beauty or pain no matter what happens this year, you and I get to follow Jesus. Kelly and I, we've been watching the, the series The Chosen. Has anybody watched that? Yeah. Uh, usually Christian movies and shows are like the worst. So if you haven't watched it because you have kind of a negative stereotype, I get that. But it's actually awesome. So check it out. It's totally free. And it shows this like the reality of these sort of ordinary people, and it puts it into perspective that this is like real life from real people. And you watch as these people leave everything to follow Jesus. And I want to remind you here, you know, sometimes we, we judge how good things are based on how we feel. And I want to tell you, if you judge 2022 based on how you felt in certain moments, probably wasn't the best year. If you judge 2023 based on how good everything feels, might not be the best year. But here's what you and I can know. No matter what happens this year, you and I get to do all of it with and for Jesus. You know, when you read the Gospels, the Gospels aren't just these history books from a long time ago, although they are real history. The Gospels are like receiving an invitation. You get this invitation to, to join the story, to be part of this Jesus movement. That you and I, we get, to, we get to leave everything 
to follow this man. Let me, I want to read this to you here. I wrote down a handful of things that we get to do this year based on the Gospels. We get to be like Joseph and Mary, going about ordinary life and finding that we get to be part of bringing Jesus to the world. We get to be like the shepherds at the manger, totally unworthy, yet somehow still invited. We get to be like the prophetess Anna in the temple. Anybody remember Anna? 84 years old and gets to witness the baby Jesus. And like Anna, you and I get to find that even if it takes 84 years, God still fulfills his promises. This year in 2023, you and I get to be like John the Baptist and prepare the way of the Lord. You and I this year, we get to be like Andrew and Peter, called out of our boats so that we can go on an adventure with Jesus. You and I get to be Lazarus this year, called out of the grave. You and I get to be like the people at the wedding in Cana and watch Jesus turn water into wine, meeting our need with his infinite supply. You and I get to be like Peter with his mother-in-law and Jairus with his daughter and watch Jesus come into our homes and do miracles in our families. This year, we get to be like the little kid who gave his lunch to Jesus, and we get to watch Jesus take what little we have and use it to bless multitudes. This year, we get to be like the guy overwhelmed by a legion of demons set free by Jesus, Son of the Most High God. This year, we get to be in the boat with Jesus in the storm and watch him lead us out of the storm into peace again. This year, we get to be merry and sit at his feet. This year, we get to be like the blind guy who said, all I know is I once was blind, but now I see. We get to be like the woman who anointed Jesus the week of his death, pouring out an entire bottle of unbelievably expensive perfume, and this year we get to give our best to Jesus. We get to look at the cross like the Roman centurion and say, surely this man is the Son of God. We get to be like the women who went early Sunday morning to the tomb and find that the tomb really is empty. And we get to be told that the risen Jesus is ahead of us in Galilee, inviting us to follow him. We get to be like the 12 locked away in fear and have the risen Jesus stand in our midst and turn our fear into joy. This year in 2023, we get to be like Peter, restored after our denial. And we get to be like Thomas, restored after our doubts. Ultimately, you and I get to be filled with his spirit and sent out to make disciples of nations, knowing that our Jesus is with us always, even to the end of the age. Why do I tell you these things? Why do I, some of you are like, Joe, you might as well have just read the gospels to us. Here's the thing, we, we get to do those things. The truth is, you don't have to follow Jesus. We don't have to. No one's up here twisting your arm. In fact, the world has all kinds of other people on offer for us to follow. You can follow whatever 
person you like to watch on the news or whatever podcast you listen to. You can follow whatever celebrity or artist. You can follow Biden or Trump. You can follow yourself if you want. Follow your heart is kind of like the mantra, right? You do you. Be yourself. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. You can follow whoever you want. But I've decided that for me and my house, we're going to follow King Jesus this year. We're going to follow him no matter where he goes, no matter what he does, no matter what he says. That if you do one thing this year, it's that you and I, we get to follow Jesus. Friends, we don't, we don't have to leave everything to follow Jesus. We get to leave everything to follow Jesus. It's like that story that Jesus told where a guy, he, he found a treasure hidden in a field. And he was so excited to buy this field with the treasure in it that he sold everything in his joy to buy that field. If you would have asked that guy, wow, man, that stinks. You had to give up everything. He'd be like, no, no, no. I got the treasure. I got the treasure that was in the field. And there's this sense that for following Jesus, we just can often feel like, well, it's just this hard thing and it's this sacrifice. And, and yes, there's sacrifice. Yes, it's challenging. But on the other side of that sacrifice is a treasure that was more than worth trading everything for. Friends, I'm following him this year. That if he gets in the boat, I'm going in the boat this year. That if he's on the road to Jerusalem, I'm going to be on that road this year. That if he's teaching in the synagogue, I want to be near enough to hear. That if he goes up on the mountain to pray, I want to go up on the mountain to pray. And when he tells me to take up my cross and die with him, I'm taking up my cross with him. Because on the third day, there's resurrection from the dead. And on the other side of that sacrifice is a new life that's only found in Jesus. We get to follow Jesus this year. Third thing, number three. We get fresh encounters with the Spirit. Come on. I don't know about you, but I am incredibly grateful for the ways that God has moved in my life when I was a boy, as a teenager, things God has done in my 20s. I'm incredibly grateful for that. And those are, those are milestones in my history with God. And I, and I visit those places from time to time to remember the faithfulness of God. But here's the thing. If you and I are content to live on what God did yesterday, then you and I are in big trouble. And the good news is, God has new moments with him in store for us this year. Here's what the book of Exodus says. There's a story in, in Exodus 16 where Moses has brought the Israelites out of Egypt. They're in the wilderness and they're hungry. And God provides literal bread from heaven called manna. Here's what it says in Exodus 16, verse 3. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by Yahweh's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted. Can we just stop right here real quick? Doesn't, isn't this what the enemy does when he makes you look back at your old life? Like they were literal slaves and they're like, we sat by pots of meat, right? Like, isn't that how it is? That God brings us out of that place. And here's what it says. Instead, 
you brought us into this wilderness to make the whole assembly die of hunger. And Yahweh said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. And this way I will test them to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. Okay, so every day, bread would literally fall out of the sky, and it would be just enough for that day. And if you try to take extra for the next day, it would actually go bad the next day. And you'd have to go out again and get new bread for that day. And the crazy thing was, God didn't want anybody working on the seventh day on the Sabbath. So they'd collect double on the sixth day. And that bread would miraculously last exactly two days. And then it would go bad like the other bread. Now, as cool as that is, the Bible goes on to teach us that this is about more than just bread. So in Deuteronomy 8.3, it says, God humbled you by letting you go hungry, and then he gave you manna to eat, which you and your ancestors had not known, so that you might learn, and get this here, that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of Yahweh. So here's the thing. The bread is about more than bread. The bread is about learning to depend on the Lord every single day. It's why in the Lord's Prayer, some of you know the Lord's Prayer, it says, give us this day our daily bread. I wish it said, give us this year our yearly bread, and we'd be set, right? It's not how it works. That, that the daily manna is a picture of life with God. That there's a sense that every day, yesterday's manna was great for yesterday, but yesterday's manna is not good for today. And I want to challenge you here, do not coast on what God did in your life in 2022. Thank God for what he did yesterday. But yesterday's manna is not enough for today's problems. Yesterday's manna is not enough for today's challenges. And I want to tell you this today, January 1st, 2023, God has new manna for you today. There's a fresh moment with the Lord today. There's fresh provision today. There's a new encounter today. There's a new prophetic word today. There's new insight into the scriptures today that if you and I will seek the face of God, there's new manna in God's presence. See, we want to live off what God did decades ago or years ago or months ago. And you and I, the truth is we can't live on what God did yesterday. There's a newness to what God wants to do. There's a newness to what God is trying to do in your life this year. Here's a, an interesting quote that I came across. You'll see it on the screen, Gustav Maher. He says, tradition is the handing down of fire and not the worship of ashes. I love tradition. Absolutely. To, to be a Christian at all is to be somebody who looks back to the past. We look back to what, what Jesus did and how that changed us. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a traditional kind of person. But you see, ultimately... If tradition is just about you and I looking in the rearview mirror at the good old days, you and I have missed out on what God has for us. And I want to encourage you here and challenge you. Thank God for what he did in 2022. 
Maybe you journaled a little bit and you wrote that down. Maybe you'll have times this year where you reflect and look back at the faithfulness of God. We need to do that. But more than anything else, do not trade today's fire for yesterday's ashes. Do not trade today's manna for yesterday's manna that has gone stale. And you see, it's easy. We want a system. We want a formula. We want to pray our prayers and then be said, and we want to coast off into glory. We want to kick back and relax. And a lot of that, to be honest, is spiritual laziness because we'd rather be content with what God did yesterday than go out and get the fresh manna, than go out and get the new thing God has for us, than go out and pursue what God wants to do right now, today, in your life. I don't know what 23 holds, but I know it's got new manna in it. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with my family or with the job or with friends or with finances. Who knows? Great things could happen tomorrow. Tragedy could strike tomorrow. All I know is, is that this year, God has manna with my name on it. And he's got manna with your name on it. And you and I have a choice. We have a choice to hold on to the stale thing that God did yesterday or to press in to what he has for us. Every day, every day there's new manna. Tomorrow when you wake up, you can't rely on January 1st manna. That every day there's fresh moments with Jesus. There's fresh moments with the King of Kings. There's fresh moments with the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 2023, it's going to be a good year. Not because everything that's going to happen is going to feel good or be good, but because I get to give my God glory. I get to follow my King Jesus. And I get fresh encounters with the Spirit of God. And that makes this a great year. And you see, when, you're, when your perspective changes, everything changes. Because how good this year is is no longer based on circumstances that are outside of your control. But rather, they're anchored in a God who does not change. In a love that does not fail. In a joy that no sorrow can take away in a life that no sickness, no weakness, and not even death can take away. 